Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. And welcome to uh, this latest episode of the Bull and the Bear podcast. I'm your host, uh, Matt Clark, with MoneyandMarkets.com, and uh, we'll be bringing in our uh, Money Markets contributor, Charles Sizemore, and Chief Investment Strategist, Adam O'Dell, here in just a second. But uh, to get uh, through some housekeeping first, uh, we, you can catch the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're also on uh, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio and about 20 other syndicators that I really couldn't name at this point. Uh, so I'll just kind of get to the big ones. Um, but anyway, you listen to us is great. Uh, we certainly love that. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a comment. We love your feedback as well. And if you do have a specific question, maybe you'd like uh, Adam or Charles or myself to uh, to address, or maybe a, a stock you'd like us to talk about, or a sector you'd like us to discuss, uh, then email us. You can email us at thebullandbear at moneyandmarkets.com. We'll put the email address uh, right down here uh, whenever we're finished, but you can check it. That's thebullandthebear at moneyandmarkets.com. To get right into it, uh, we'll, we won't waste any time. Last week, we, we talked about you know, in, in, in terms of like the 4th of July and picked out some, some all America stocks, some stocks that are, uh, very American based, very Americana, but yet have kind of a wide reach. So we, we kind of want to capitalize on that theme a little bit, uh, with, with what we're going to talk about today. And, 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 you know, what I looked at when trying to, to prepare for this is obviously, you know, there's no question that in terms of the economy, we are we are in a recession. I don't I don't think there's any way that you can uh, you can argue against that. I think economically, all things point to we're in a recession. How long that lasts? That's another completely different completely different thing. But you know, so I, in looking at you know, trying to find a, a sector of, of stocks to, to, to kind of analyze today, I kind of thought, okay, what usually does well when the economy takes a downturn? And there are several. This is not just the only one. There, there are several. And the one I want to kind of talk about today is, 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 is interesting uh, in so much as that it involves everything, you know, most everything that we need. There's a big difference whenever you go shopping, right? I mean, when, when you go shopping, there's needs and there's wants. I want this or I need this. I want a TV. I need toilet paper. I mean, so you see where, where the, the contrasting difference is. So I want to kind of take a sector that involves what people need. And, and, and in stock market terms, if you're not familiar, that is normally referred to as, um, uh, as well, yeah, I don't, it's, it's consumer discretionary or, or, you know, kind of in that, in, in that mode. It's, it's what consumers need um, that, they, that they need to buy all the time, uh, regardless of what the economic situation is, regardless of, of, of you know, what, what your monetary situation is. There are things that you absolutely need. And, and these are, the, these are essential items, clothes, um, you know, household goods, things like that. They're not electronics. It's not a computer. It's not a, you know, a, t a television or, or something like that. Something that you just want to go out and buy just because you, you want to buy it. So I, I want to kind of, to, to, to talk with, uh, with both Charles and Adam about, uh, about this particular sector. And, and as I did last time, I pulled out three stocks that are, and I did this specifically, I, I looked at the uh, S&P 500 Consumer Discretionary Sector ETF. It's, it's, uh, S, it's XLY, if you're wondering what the ticker is. And it, it holds some of the biggest consumer discretionary stocks uh, you know, in the stock market. And uh, just, just for a point of reference, 
in looking at this yesterday, it is very, very close. And I mean within a dollar two-ish of its 52-week high. And since its March lows, it has jumped 61%. So it, it clearly shows the trend in where discretionary uh, consumer discretionary stocks are going, and that is upward. Um, so I, I found three. These are all, I'll preface by saying these are all um, very fairly good-sized companies. Um, and, 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 you know, these are all very well-known names, or at least for the most part are very well-known names. And, and I, I just want to examine kind of look at those companies, what they do, and, and, and obviously then get into, okay, what do we think about that? Do we think that these companies are potential buy, you know, buy stocks for, for investors? Are they ones you want to stay away from? If you own them, is it good to hold them? Is it, you know, I, I kind of want to kind of, you know, run the gamut here in terms of, of, of what we talk about. And I'll jump right in and, and get to the first, to the first, uh, to the first company. And it's a company that it, it's a, it's a merchandise reta- retailer, which I know is vague. Um, but they, they started out with, with, with clothing. Now they've expanded into the grocery market. Uh, and, and, you know, they have their own brand names and, 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 and things like that. There's about 1900 stores across the country that, that bear this label. And it's a company that's based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it's Target. Um, and, and you know, there's targets everywhere. I don't, I don't know of many large markets or, or at least, you know, mid-sized markets that don't have a target either in the community or relatively close by. Um, so, so that's the first one. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about their, their, their fundamentals and their technicals and all all that here here soon but i want to first bring in charles sizemore uh contributor for money and markets and 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 start with him uh, and then we'll bring in adam odell our chief investment strategist and, and he'll give his take and and again let me preface all this by saying i gave both adam and charles these stocks yesterday knowing that adam doesn't need them a day before that and he made that very clear last week that he he doesn't need them he he, he could do it in five minutes i did it anyway just out of a sense of fairness i didn't want to you know seem like i was playing favorites by just sending them to charles and not to adam and putting adam on the spot so we'll first start with target and charles first off welcome uh welcome back to the podcast hope you had a great week uh hope you had a great fourth and uh, let's talk about target sure you bet so i think with any uh with any retailer you really have to start with two questions what was the trend in their business before coronavirus blew up the world? And what do they look like in this coronavirus and post-coronavirus world? And so looking at Target, it's an everything store. You, know, you said they started with clothes and moved into groceries. I would just say it is an everything store. It's like, uh, it's like Walmart. It's like uh, Amazon.com. It's, they sell pretty much everything. If you were to get locked into a Target store and have to live there for the rest of your life, you would be well-fed and well-clothed and well-entertained for the rest of your life. I mean, wasn't there a movie with that? Uh, the, the two people got locked into a Target? Airport, wasn't it? Or no, no, no. It was a Target. I don't remember. Yeah, there was something like that. Or maybe it was a Walmart. But yeah, I mean, you could like, assuming the security cameras never found you, you could just sort of hide, you know, and live there for years and, and subsist before anybody noticed, right? So, uh, yes. Now, what, what was the bigger trend in Target? prior to the world blowing up. And I would say Target is in elite company with, with, uh, with Walmart and you know, maybe Home Depot in retailers that can compete with Amazon. And at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's just a slow battle of attrition with, with, with Amazon. I mean, they are you know, slowly you know, rolling over everybody because they do things quicker, cheaper, more efficiently, and it, it's, it's easy. You know? And so very few retailers can even hope to compete with them. Uh, Walmart and Target 
can. And part of it is they have this massive retail infrastructure in place. And so I, I would say, you know, Target was a little bit slow. Um, you know, Walmart was, was a bit more ahead of the curve on this than Target. Target was catching up in a hurry. Those trends were in place before the world blew up. Um, so so that, that's good. Now, post-world blowing up, Target was still looking pretty good. Uh, you know, it was considered an essential retailer. So uh, when, when lockdowns went into effect, Target still uh, was able to keep their doors open. And they probably, this is debatable, we don't really have good data yet, but they likely increased their market share because a lot of their competition was closed. So uh, why does that matter now? Uh, you know, it looks like, you know, we're having a second wave or maybe this is just a continuation of the first wave. It depends on who you ask. But if we do get a situation where, okay, we go into lockdown again or semi-lockdown again, Target should do just fine. Um, if we uh, get into a situation where, okay, we're just, uh, wow, I just lost my earpiece. Did you see that? Did you see me almost? I did. The earpiece? I, I saw that. So that I'm was... an earpiece down. I still got one in. So we're, we're, we're going to get through this. We're just going <laughs> to tough this out. Uh, never let them see you sweat. You're a trooper. I'm a trooper. So um, it, it didn't even lose my train of thought here. So if you do have uh, lockdowns or whatnot, Target should be fine. If you don't have lockdowns, a lot of buying patterns are already established. Uh, we've taken to, to getting our groceries, uh, at least some of our groceries at Target. We roll into the, uh, the parking spot, they run out, dump it in your car, and you're on your way. I don't even have to go in the store anymore. So uh, I'm going to continue doing that once the world gets more normal. So I think Target is in a really, really good spot. The stock is not cheap, strictly speaking, but I don't consider it wildly expensive, particularly in this market where everything's a little expensive. Um, I actually really like Target. I think it's a good place to be right now. Okay, so yeah, there's your take on, on Target. Adam O'Dell, I'll bring you in and uh, have you give us your take and, and, and let us know uh, where you're at with Target. Sure. Uh, for me, Target's a buy. I'll get to that in a minute. I do want to preface kind of, you know, there, there's a subtle distinction. I, between the consumer discretionary sector and the consumer staples uh, sector, you know, typically the consumer staples is considered the true essentials, things that you just have to have to have to get to get by in life. Whereas discretionary is more like if you have extra money at the end of the month and you want to splurge on something, um, you know, more companies are in that. But more and more today, I mean, I, I don't really like to make too much of a distinction there because you know today. It's, it's really hard to tell some companies sell both types of products, essentials and not essentials. Uh, you know, likewise, we do have, unfortunately, an income and, and a wealth gap in our country. So, you know, through even though we're technically in a recession now or going through a tough time, um, some people are hit really hard and some people still have plenty of discretionary income to spend. So I don't I, I really do want to look at it as a, at a company by company basis. And that's why we're kind of looking at individual stocks here. Uh, for me, Target is a good long term buy. I mean, it actually just triggered about three months ago. Uh, a three-month uh, cycle nine signal, which is basically a high probability signal that over two to three months that the stock is going to outperform the market. And in fact, Target has. Uh, it's in a longer-term uptrend, so that's good. Uh, when I run Target through my six-factor uh, green zone ranking rating model, uh, which looks at momentum and size, volatility, value, quality, and growth, uh, Target earns a pretty respectable score of, of 82. Uh, so that means that if you look at all six of those factors and you look at all 8,000 or so rankable stocks, it's uh, it's rating higher than all but 18% of the market out there. 
So obviously, uh, Target is a huge company, so it's going to uh, rate very lowly on size. You know, typically smaller companies outperform larger companies, but we have seen in this bull market the mega caps do really, really well. Uh, but really, where Target shines is in uh, quality, the quality of its you know return on assets and return on equity. Uh, its margins are very strong, better than all but nine percent of the entire market out there. And then also on the the risk adjusted returns, so the, the returns that Target has given investors for the amount of volatility in the stock is uh, is rated 98.4. So really better than any stock you can get out there. Um, I will say, you know, if you if you don't like Target for some reason, you have other options. Uh, there are other kind of like big box discount, um, you know, kind of get everything you want stores that rate uh, just as highly in the 80s. So like, for instance, uh, you know, Walmart rated 82 on my uh, six factor model. Costco rated 82 also. Uh, BJ's rated 86. Uh, of course, if you want to go with Amazon, that has an 85 rating. Uh, and then um, one one store that I'll point out that has a better rating than all of them is, is Sprouts Farmers Market. So this is a grocery store. This is truly a, a consumer staple, not a consumer discretionary. Although some people would say that organic food at, at a place like Sprouts is, is somewhat discretionary. But uh, just to show you, you know, how the system works, uh, Sprouts has a, a rating of 98.6. So really better than all but you know 1% of the market out there right now. And uh, we actually made a play on this uh, a couple months ago uh, in Cycle 9 Alert. We were in the stock for less than three months. Uh, we made an options play on it for, for net profits of 60 to 70%. Um, so really, I mean, that, that's a good short-term and long-term play as well. Uh, but you really can't go wrong with a lot of these big box stores right now. I think that most of, the, most of their business models are, are solid. Um, they're selling essential products and some discretionary products. So you really can't go wrong. I actually like that that, that 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 when you said that there's it's kind of a mix and, and a, a company like Target a store like Target actually does both it, it's got discretionary and it's got essential and I, I think that's that is an important point to 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 play out when you're talking about a store like Target or like Walmart or something like that and, and I'm kind of with both of you I I look at this and I see how it's performing against uh you know uh, against the industry and it's strong I mean it's uh you know up 37 percent compared to it's a 16 percent gain with the rest of with, with the rest of its uh, of its sector and it continues to to, to show strong signs of moving forward. So I think that uh, the target for right now for an investor, you know, if it's, if it's something that you're interested in looking at is definitely worth a harder look and, and maybe even an investment at this point. Moving on to our second company, um, that was Target. This, this next store, is, it operates in 39 states. Uh, the District of Columbia, and interestingly enough, Guam. Uh, not not really sure why it, why it pulls into Guam, but hey, if the, if the market's there, that's fine. Uh, it's a company that's headquartered in Dublin, California. It's got about eighteen hundred, little more eighteen hundred stores um, across the thirty nine states that it that it's in. It, it operates kind of off price. Um, retail apparel, home fashions. It's basically kind of a discount store for, for those types of items, clothing and, 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 you know, dishes, uh, you know, towels for your, your kitchen or your bathroom or whatever. It has those types of things. And they're typically, you know, they're brand names, but they're sold at a, at a deeper discount than what you would pay for if you went directly to the brand or went to a larger store. And, and this, this company is uh, Ross Stores Incorporated. It's uh, t uh, trades under the NASDAQ as R-O-S-T. Um, so it's Ross stores. Um, and it is, it, again, not, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the same as Target, although it is a retail company. Um, it, it doesn't really necessarily sell the same exact things as Target. Target kind of has its own brands that it, that it sells off um, at, at a lower price. Uh, whereas Ross does it a little differently. They take kind of the more expensive brands and find ways to, to discount them uh, a little deeper. They don't really have their own brand that they sell. 
and plus Ross is not really does not do groceries that I'm aware of. Um, they they mainly just focus on home furnishings and and and, and apparel. So first, I'll start with Charles and and get your take on on, on Ross stores, Charles. So a bit of World War II history. Do you remember what uh, the Japanese uh, seppuku suicide was, where the uh, you know the soldier rather than face dishonor would stab himself in the gut and then pull the sword up and gut themselves before their second would um, like basically as a mercy blow cut off their head. This is that, that, I, that is one of the most tragic segues into a conversation I have ever what heard. I, what I'm saying is <laughs> I would rather commit Japanese seppuku suicide than set foot in a raw store. Um, wow. That is a very strong <laughs> statement. And <laughs> I'm joking. And colorful kind to of, say the kind least. Kind of joking. Kind of joking. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, uh, I hate these junk stores. I really do. They're just, they're not a pleasant experience to go to, but, um, they do serve a purpose and, and, and I'm, yeah, all, all of my, my dark humor aside, I, I, that really is, um, they really do serve a purpose. And so Ross was actually doing really well before the world blew up. Uh, they got hit hard because they're a non-essential retailer. They, they sell clothing and accessories. Um, they, they don't, you know, you can never argue that, getting a discounted polo shirt is an essential business. So, so they, they did get hit hard. Um, that said, uh, we are in a recession now, and a store like Ross is actually a, a really good anti-recessionary stock because uh, when times are hard, people are more likely to go look for, uh, what's the word they use? It's not off-label, it's uh, off-rack. Uh, off An off-rack store like Ross where you're getting Oftentimes, clothes that might be slightly damaged but still wearable, or perhaps it's leftover inventory from the previous year that they're trying to, to clear out. So, when you've had a year like this, where you know consumer spending on things like clothes really went in the, went in the toilet for a while, um, you you have excess inventory everywhere that presumably Ross is getting for cheaper than usual and able to resell at a, at a decent margin. So, I, I think going forward. Ross actually looks pretty good. I think it's a. Uh, I think they have a good. It, we have a lousy macro environment overall. I almost lost my earpiece again. Did you see that? But I caught it this time. You are you uh, are riding the struggle bus today, sir. Well, I really need to get a new earpiece. But um, the uh, Ross is. Uh, it, it's an overall bad macro environment for. I just lost it again. Can you believe this? I've got to get better equipment. This is embarrassing. Uh, Ross, uh, it, it's a it's a rough macro environment, but I think it, in the case of Ross, it's a really good environment for them. So I would say I'm um, I'm a bull on the stock, but just never make me go to a store. I understand, Adam? Uh, seppuku or Harakiri aside, uh, what is your take on Ross? Uh, yeah, I have a different take as far as the stock. Um, you know, Ross, whether you look at Ross or even TJ Maxx, um, I, I see the story as far as like you know we're in tough times, and so maybe these uh, discount retailers are going to appeal to people that are like pinching pennies or a little bit more on a tighter budget now. Um, but frankly, Ross rates a 35 on my six factor model. Uh, so that would definitely not be a buy. Even TJ Maxx, uh, one of its competitors uh, and my grandmother, 92 year old grandmother's favorite store in the world, uh, ranks rates a, a set of 42. So it's not also a buy. I'm sorry, grandmother, but, um, uh, you know, so, so basically, you know, these are large companies, they have a large footprint in stores where the overhead is very high. Um, they're not good values right now. They're overpriced, according to my metrics, uh, their growth trends are below par. Um, their volatility of the stock is, is above average and their momentum is below average. So it's just really a bad mix of, 
of, of, uh, of factors that you really don't, uh, you're not going to get market beater returns, in my opinion, from either of these two, two stocks, Ross stores or TJ Maxx. Um, you know, on, on the other side of things, um, like I said, where I do understand the, the argument that in tough times, uh, discount re retailers are going to do better. Um, at the same time, I mean, like I said, unfortunately, we do have a wealth gap and an income gap, and this coronavirus has affected different folks differently. And we have millions of Americans out of work, and that's tragic. Uh, but we also have a lot of folks that are still um, doing just fine in their jobs if they're able to work from home, if they are essential workers, if they haven't been furloughed or laid off. And so, you know, one stock within, if you're looking for a, a retail stock, if you're looking for a clothing stock, um, certainly Lululemon is, is rated very highly on my system. I know it's kind of a cult stock, so I usually don't go into those, but just to kind of give you an idea, uh, Lulu's uh, momentum is rated 96, so better than all, all than 4% of the market. It's risk adjusted returns are rated 91. Uh, the quality of its book, meaning its return on assets and its margins are rated 98 and its growth uh, metrics are rated 82. So, you know, even though a lot of folks are going through tough times and that's tragic and we really want the economy to be robust for everybody, um, you know, right now there are still a lot of folks that have discretionary income just like they had uh, before everything. And they're ordering uh, this, this type of uh, athleisure um, clothing just as much as they were. So, you know, Lugolon looks like a much better stock to me than, than Ross or TJ Maxx. Can I can I jump in? I, I would sure. actually ag agree with that. Uh, they had a lot of really good trends going for them before the world blew up, such as the the trend towards uh, athleisure, um, just basically wearing athletic clothes around town as as if those are normal clothes. Uh, that was you know they really were a, a trailblazer in that in that high end um, you know high end uh, athleisure again for lack of a better word. And what's interesting is with everybody working from home now, with everybody with, with dress codes now completely flexible, I think I could go to the office in a toga and nobody would think it was strange anymore. You know, there really are no rules. And I, I think rules are going to be very slow to come back once the world gets more normal. I think that's a stock that really does have a lot of wind in its sails. I think there's a lot of really good trends supporting it. Now, and, and I, I have to agree with Adam here, not to not to not to buck the trend from Charles, especially with his colorful intro into why he, what his thoughts were about Ross. But I, the one thing that really stood out to me was the overvalue of 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 Ross's stock. And I get that a, a, a large majority of the market at this point is overvalued. I, I think that's just you know that that's just been the nature of things. But but in terms of comparison to the industry. You know, I, I look at the ratios, and it's just to me, it's untenable. I just, I just can't see Ross as a as a as a quality investment. I mean, if you're looking for you know, you know, off rack, you know, cheaper name brand clothing, great, that's fine. But in terms of an investment, I, I'm just, I'm just not there. I think it's, I think it's priced too high. Um, I, I don't like where its momentum is right now. It's, it's, it's you know, down 15%. It's, it's not, not, not doing very well against the industry. Uh, all in all, I just think there's too many negative signs um, for, for Ross to make it a viable investment. Again, you want to buy clothes there? Fine. I think that's great. That whatever you want, unless you're Charles and you don't want to step foot in it, that's totally fine. But, but in terms of an investment, if we're not talking about clothes, then I think this is probably one you want to stay away from. Would you commit ritual suicide before buying the stock? Um, no, <laughs> not, not <laughs> Not, no. Why would you even ask that? <laughs> I, I would I would have to stop short and ask, what is wrong with you? But I'm just going to let it go for right now. <laughs> no, 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 no talk of that. Um, all right. Moving on to uh, the last company that that, uh, that that I pulled. This one is 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 quite a bit different from 
uh, the, the first two, both from Target and from Ross. And, and this is a, a, a very big company in terms of, of its footprint, about close to 5,000 stores uh, across the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. It also has an independently owned secondary brand that is in Mexico, the British Virgin Islands, and in other places. Um, it was founded in North Carolina. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's a very, very big company. Um, and and it, uh, it, it basically, I'll just tell you what it is, and you'll know exactly what, they're, what market they're in. But it's Advanced Auto Parts. It's ticker under the New York Stock Exchange under AAP. Uh, obviously, they, they, they work with replacement uh, automotive parts, accessories, batteries, other maintenance items that have to do with your car. I found this to be interesting just because we've talked a lot about you know, the state of, of the economy, the state of people's personal, personal ability to spend money. And, you know, I think whenever you start, you know, everyone needs a car or some mode of transportation to either get to and from work, to and from an interview, to and from, you know, wherever. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, when your car breaks down, you don't have a lot of money, you're going to try to DIY, you're going to DIY, you're going to try to do it yourself and fix it yourself as opposed to paying, you know, however much you pay per hour to have a mechanic fix it or, or, or whatever. And and typically in, in, in market downturns and in tough, tougher economic times, stocks like advanced auto parts do very, very well. Um, because, because of that, because of that, because, you know, sales typically go up exponentially in that time because more and more people are wanting to do it yourself. So I'll, I'll first turn it over to Charles and, and please, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need a, an, an Asian suicidal ritual, uh, intro into this one. So if we could steer clear of that, that'd be great, but give me your take on uh, advanced auto parts. Well, my dad, this may be another quirk, but I actually kind of like just browsing around auto parts stores. I don't know why I just, it's. That that that's that's actually weirdly therapeutic to me. But uh, looking at uh, looking at the stock, there's a there's a couple of things that um, I, I don't particularly like about this one. Uh, one, it was the company wasn't doing wildly well even before the world blew up. I would say if you are going to find a bullish case to be made for this one, it would simply be that with the world in rough shape for a while, you may have people postponing auto uh, auto purchases for a while. Uh, needing more maintenance on older cars for a longer period of time. Uh, you may also have people avoiding public transportation for a while. Um, so, you know, th that means they have to get around somehow. They may buy a used car that, that needs some work. So I mean, that's a mild um, positive you know, backdrop. The, uh, the negatives are, of course, these guys don't sell anything that's particularly unique or special. Auto supply stores are a dime a dozen. They're now competing with online options like Amazon. Uh, it's a low margin business. Um, there's just not a compelling reason to, to really buy this one. Um, I, I, I would take a pass. Okay. And uh, Adam, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I'm with Charles. I, I would pass uh, particularly on advanced auto um, to kind of use his words. They are a dime a dozen. They don't sell a differentiated product. Uh, you know, just to give you some flavor from that, in years past when I would change my own batteries, when I had a battery go out, I would always have the hardest time remembering whether I bought a battery at Advanced Auto Parts or AutoZone. I would indefinitely, in I would always invariably show up to one and say, all right, well, here, I'm turning in. I want the same one. And they say, well, you know, it's the other store that you bought this at. So, you know, I really can't tell the difference between the two as far as, uh, as a shopper or as far as an investor doing research on the two companies. Uh, but I will say if, you know, you proposed Advanced Auto, um, which rates actually fairly lowly, on my uh, six-factor rating system, it's, it rates a 56, so right in the middle of the pack, not, nothing too special. Uh, you know, by contrast, AutoZone, which is ticker A-Z-O, uh, has an 87 ranking. 
And, uh, and just to throw another one out there, I think it's regional. We don't have them in, uh, in Florida, but uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts is uh, rated 83. So, you know, if you really have to go out and uh, add a stock to your portfolio that's an auto, auto parts maker, um, I would go with uh, AutoZone, A-Z-O, or O'Reilly, O-R-L-Y, before I would buy uh, advanced, auto par advanced Auto Parts. But ultimately, I don't see a strong case for, for really any of them. Uh, yeah, maybe some people will be holding on to their cars a little bit longer and doing their own work. But ultimately, you know, interest rates are extremely low right now. And all the all the car companies are uh, are offering major incentives to buy new cars. So, you know, I, I really this is hard stock to get excited about. And and that's, uh, you know, and, and I and I agree with that. I agree with both of you that right now I think uh, that uh, the advanced auto is a pass. And, and to that end, I, I you know, I, I agree, especially with the point you brought up, Adam, about, you know, the, the auto market. You know, you've got just, you know, very competitive um, dealerships and, and brands that are basically just throwing money at people to get them to buy new cars and to get them into the lot. And, you know, the incentives are, are unbelievable. The interest rates are so low that even in a, in a difficult economic situation, it's very hard to, to pass up at least going and, and, and looking at a new car as opposed to trying to fix up the one you have unless, you know, you're just absolutely in love with it and you don't want to part ways with it, and then I can understand. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with, with both of you that Advance Auto is a pass. So just to kind of review, in terms of Target, I think we're all kind of on the same page that it's a, it, it's, it's, it's a good stock. It's, it's one that, you know, as an investor, if you want to look at it, it's certainly worth your time. Time. Uh, with, with Ross, uh, Charles, uh, I'm going to say reluctant to shop, but uh, maybe not so <laughs> reluctant to buy. Uh, Adam and I are, are a pass on Ross, and then all three of us are, uh, are a pass on Advanced Auto Parts. So that, that's a good look at, at those three. Again, if there's a particular you know, stock or sector or anything like that you'd like us to look at, uh, we're more than happy to. Just email us at thebullandbear at moneyandmarkets.com. And uh, you can check out our podcast uh, all the time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, also on iHeartRadio. Check us out on YouTube. You can, you can view us there. Just uh, go to YouTube.com and type in the Bull and the Bear podcast, and we're right there. You'll see uh, all of, our, all of our, our most current one, this podcast, as well as all the podcasts from, uh, from before. Coming up on Wednesday, just to kind of give you a bit of a tease, uh, Charles is going to be back, hopefully without his samurai sword, and we'll be talking about uh, dividends. What we're going to talk about with dividends, I'm not going to give away yet, but we are going to talk about some dividends. So uh, you want to make sure you tune in for that. It's coming up on Wednesday, next Friday. Uh, Adam, Charles, and I are back, and we will, uh, we, we will go through and, and, and just find some surprises to talk about in terms of, uh, of stocks in, in the market. So uh, first off, I want to thank uh, Charles Sizemore, Adam O'Dell, uh, for, uh, for being on this Friday. Certainly appreciate your time and hope you guys have a, a great weekend. Look forward to talking with you guys next week. Uh, so for those two and myself, I'm Matt Clark. Uh, you've been listening to the Bull and the Bear podcast. Uh, right here on moneyandmarkets.com. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 